When we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Hello, Life and Laughter listeners. Welcome back to another solo episode of my podcast. So grateful that you tuned in for this, where we're going to be talking talking about change today, because I feel like maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's lots of change happening everywhere. And maybe it's just more obvious because we're on social media more. We get breaking news all the time. You know, things are changing. The world is changing, progress, advancing, whatever. And if you're not good with change, it can be a really, really hard time. Even if you are good with change, it can be a really, really hard time. So we're going to talk today about change and some ways to navigate that so we don't all just kind of curl up into a ball like a potato bug and roll under the fridge because that that's an option, but probably not the healthiest option. So I'm going to start with a story about my dog, Jedi. She is an almost five-year-old German Shepherd Lab who doesn't like wandering outside her comfort zone very often. We have a routine in the morning where I get up, I do my meditation, my yoga, I take her for a walk, and then I come back and feed her breakfast. That's the routine. That's what she likes. If I decide we're going to walk after she eats, there's a, there's dog hell to pay. I'll give her her breakfast. She'll look at me like I have just stabbed her in the ear. Then she growls like Chewbacca and heads out the doggy door because she knows this is not the way we do it. And I'm not happy with what you're doing right now, Perry, because this is not my routine. Don't appreciate it. So I decided, mistakenly or not, not saying it was wrong or right, I decided to take Jedi on a little mini road trip. My husband, Tom, was in Phoenix for business and to see his kids. And I thought, I've got a few days where I can just head down to Moab, where it's about four hours from my house. There's lots of trails that dogs can go on, lots of really dog-friendly businesses and hotels. So I booked us a little place called Expedition Lodge in Moab. It was very, very pet-friendly. It was a great, cute little hotel. And I was excited. I, I love road trips. And I've never really been on a road trip. I've been on a couple of business road trips by myself, but never really a road trip by myself, just, just, for, the, just for the fun of it. And having Jedi with me, I was super excited because I, I love doing things with her. I love bonding with her. It was just, I had my expectations really, really high. <laughs> so the longest she's ever been in a car ride has been about an hour. I've taken her up to Park City for hikes. I've taken her up to Farmington, um, Kaysville, up in that area. But we've never really gone on a longer road trip than that. So I was a little concerned about how she would do in the car for that long. So I planned out the trip. I prepared Every hour, we would stop at a dog park. There was a dog park in Spanish Fork. There was a dog park in Price. There was a little dog truck stop um, about an hour out of Moab. So I had this all planned out all along the way so she could get out, she could run around, she could use the facilities, she could grab a snack, whatever she needed, and she'd be fine. So the first stop, we were, we were in Spanish Fork, which was great. Cute little dog park. 
except this little dog there kept trying to hump her leg and she was not happy so she was already irritated so we didn't stay there very long because the dog's owner didn't care that her dog was molesting my dog so we left a little bit early and drove to price which was a little bit better there was nobody there we wandered around it was a cute little park for her to wander but i noticed she wasn't peeing because every stop we did i gave her a bottle of water she drank it down she was fine but then she would never pee and i thought well for sure you know eventually she has to i mean you have to it's something you could not do it has to be done at some point so we got to moab and our hotel our room was our motel room was on the second floor there were stairs leading up to the motel room where there's the space the gap between the steps and i thought i thought her brain was going to leak out of her ears she looked at me like why are you trying to kill me why are you taking me so far to kill me what is happening here and I'm, all these people are around in the parking lot i'm trying to drag my 80 pound dog up these stairs because i couldn't carry her and she's stepping on them like they're lava like very very slowly it took us like four and a half hours just to get up 12 steps but she finally got up there we got into the room i brought her some blankets i brought her favorite blanket i brought her some toys set up a little corner for her that was all smelled like her and i don't know all the yucky stuff that dogs smell on their toys and she could not relax she paced that hotel room like she was a lion in a zoo like she'd been placed in solitary confinement she was not she could not relax and she still hadn't peed so I thought, okay, well, we'll take a walk. We're going to explore town, see what's available. So I, I leashed her up and we walked down the stairs, which again took another four and a half hours because she knew I was trying to kill her going down the stairs. We walked around Moab. There was a cute little dog shop about a block away from our hotel. I bought her, bought her a couple treats. I bought her a new brush because I hadn't taken my brush with me. And when she's nervous, she sheds and she sheds everywhere. In fact, currently my back seat looks like a bearskin rug because I haven't vacuumed it out yet, but it is nasty. So I bought her a brush to brush all the fur out because she was so nervous. There was a park. We walked over to the park. Still no pee, nothing, no, no use of the facilities in any way. And at this point I was getting worried. It had been about 12 hours since she had peed last and she just doesn't do that. It's funny when I take her to doggy day camp, I'm at PetSmart they tell me the same thing, you know, she didn't pee, she didn't poop, we're making sure she's okay. It's like, yeah, she's just a lady, doesn't like to do that in front of company, but but at some point you got to, right? So we walked around, I got us some dinner, went back to the hotel, we're sitting in our room, and I was petting her and brushing her and talking to her and giving her treats and convincing her I wasn't trying to abandon her or ruin her life, like whatever she's thinking. And she was growling at me like Chewbacca, like she does, because that's how she yells at me. And finally, um, she laid down on her blanket just for a few minutes because there were other dogs barking in the hotel. There were babies crying. And so she just couldn't relax. So at 930, I took her for a final walk thinking, for sure, now she has to. I mean, at this point, she has to. So we walked down those terrible stairs again, walk around a few blocks in Moab in the dark, which was beautiful. Still no pee. I drag her back up the stairs, get into bed and listen to her nails click along this hardwood floor all night long because she could not settle down. I tried to get her into bed with me. She wouldn't get in bed with me. She wouldn't sleep on the couch, wouldn't sleep on her blanket. She was just so upset. The next morning, I thought for sure, you know, her bladder's going to explode. She's going to get a, a 
she's going to get a bladder infection. Something's going to happen to this poor dog. So we walked over to the dog park near our, our room and walked around. I even began to squeeze her where I thought maybe her bladder would be <laughs> to help relieve that maybe if I gave her the idea like, hey, this f- muscle right here needs to push this out of your body. No, she didn't. Still hadn't peed. It had been about 24 hours. And I thought, do I call a vet? What do I do? So we're walking to the park. And finally, finally, she stopped. And she used the facilities. Finally. And I was so relieved. But she just couldn't relax. We went to several parks. We went on a, tried to go on a couple of hikes. That's a totally different story. She just couldn't find her groove. She just didn't feel comfortable with what was happening. She was so averse to change. And it's funny, when she finally peed in the park, if you were there in Moab that day and you saw a crazy old lady jumping around the park cheering, it was just me. Don't worry. It wasn't somebody having some kind of delusional attack. It it was just me. So very happy that my dog had finally decided to relieve herself. But as I'm watching Jedi over the, the two days we were in Moab and during our road trip, I'm thinking, how do I react to change? (laughs) And I'm not sure I'm any better than Jedi. One thing I don't do is I do take the time to use the bathroom if necessary, even during change. But what are things that I do that really blocks me when I'm going through change? There are lots of easy changes, like finding a new pair of exercise shoes or a new pair of warm gloves or finding a new restaurant. You know, all those are easy changes to make. Finding um, a new place to go, all those things are pretty simple. But then there are the harder changes that are like, what the hell do I do with my life? If you've been in one direction and suddenly your life changes into a different direction and you think, I am so lost. What do I do? How do I navigate this new direction? And a lot of us get into that fight or flight or freeze or sleep, whatever it is you do to deal with change. So whether it's a new job, a new home, a new relationship, a new friend, a new hobby, things are constantly changing and we can handle that well, or we can handle it like my dog who does not handle things well. I just finished a book called Happy Place by Emily Henry and a it's a it's a rom-com. I know. I'm so sorry. I don't usually read rom-coms, but her dialogue is so funny. Funniest dialogue writer I've ever read. But still, it's a rom-com. Anyway, it's it's a great message about change and trust. It's a group of friends that get together every year and as they get older their lives begin to divert. They begin to change a little bit and they don't know how to handle that well. And so all these messages of change have come up in my life. When I had the, a reading with one of my friends, she was talking about change. And every time I draw my tarot cards, my oracle cards, for the past six months has been messages about adapting to change and transformation. And okay, it's like, okay, universe, I get it. Things have to change. What am I holding back in my life? And if you're holding something back, change can be much harder. So I've got some steps here to help you work through change in your life. Take what you want, throw the rest away, or ignore it all completely. I'm not your mom. I'm just offering some suggestions. So first, you have to recognize that change is happening. 
in the book I read, The Happy Place, there was so much tension between the characters because they were so averse to change. You know, they didn't want to grow up and grow apart and take new life paths. The main character felt threatened as change occurred. And so maybe as you recognize change is happening, recognize your default response to change. For Jedi, it was basically her bodily function shutting down. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be part of this. But for people, it's things like avoidance, denial, fake optimism, like everything's fine. I'm fine. This is fine. Maybe even hiding or running away from the situation. Those are all very common ways that we deal with change. We just don't want to deal with it. We hide from it. We pretend it's not there. So we all have unhealthy ways of dealing with change. So sit with yourself when change arises and notice your initial reaction. And don't wait for a big change to notice this. Start with the small changes. You know, somebody changes your plans or they change your schedule at work or the the company that makes your favorite face cream stops making it. I mean, just little changes. Notice how you react to that. And then once you notice that, maybe journal about that. Yes, I'm big on journaling. I'm big on writing things down. This can also just be having a conversation with yourself. That <laughs> that works too. So write about the change and write about your reaction to it. And then the second part of this is to write what is positive about the change. For Jedi, it could have been the opportunity to smell new things, to find new trails, to meet other dogs. But she was so afraid that her fear blocked her from enjoying any of this trip. So if you can, focus on what's positive. If you Maybe if you're moving to a new place, you know, is it maybe a chance to live near a beach or a chance to live closer to your family? Maybe there's an opportunity to, opportunity to learn a new skill. Maybe it's a chance just to buy new clothes. Maybe a chance to meet new people. Or perhaps you can think about a change in your life that you navigated really well and write down that process from fear, fear of the change, to trust in the change, and maybe even to love the change, moving from fear to love through trust. So write down everything positive, everything that you might have the opportunity to to learn or share or ways you're going to grow ways you can branch out in your life because being stagnant is never healthy for us. That's why change is constant and necessary for us to grow. The third thing you can do is learn to be still. If you're anything like me, every big change sets off my inner critic. There's that itty bitty shitty committee in my head that only convenes at three in the morning and it works for the entire list of all my lifetime of bad decisions, all my failures, everything I did wrong, all the changes I didn't navigate well. And that doesn't help, doesn't help at all. So training your mind to be still, yes, it can be meditation, but it's really anything that takes your mind off the problem that can maybe subconsciously help create a solution. For instance, if you like to exercise, exercise can be a great meditation. You can put in your headphones or just run without music. I'm assuming running because that's what I think people who exercise do is run. I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't run. But find maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's kickboxing. Maybe it's cycling. You know, find some way to move your body so that you move your body 
things flood your body, different hormones flood your body and you feel better and you start looking at things in a different way. Same thing with gardening, I've heard, that gardening can be very cathartic for people who need to get a different perspective on things. When you're out there in the soil, and they've proven that now that there are actually microbes in the soil that are healthy for us. So you're around that, it creates better thinking, clearer thinking, and sometimes solutions arise as you let your mind to be still. Maybe you're someone who likes to clean. Maybe you're someone who likes to organize your shoes or alphabetize the spices or run around the park or just breathe. That's all you have to do is sit and be still or move your body, let your mind be still, and don't try to rehearse all of the negative things as your mind spirals because it will spiral. Prepare is the next step. Prepare for change if you can. Sometimes change is sudden. You get fired, your your spouse leaves you, your cat dies, your parents move to Florida. Things that you weren't expecting suddenly happen and you have to deal with it. But often change is a slow build. Maybe leaving your job. You didn't decide overnight to leave your job. You decided over weeks and months of being miserable, being grumpy, feeling unappreciated, that you've wanted to move on. So what kind of preparation can you make or can you take to make change a little bit easier? Let's take the finding a new job. So you know you want to leave your job. You hate your boss. You hate your coworkers. Everything about your life sucks. Are you looking for work? You know, are you, are you practicing skills? Are you tuning up your Excel skills, which I don't know. I hate Excel. Don't do that. Do you have some savings you can savings you can rely on for a while? Maybe for a month, maybe for two months, maybe for a week? Is there a buffer there where you can let go of your job and maybe have a little bit of fallback as a safety net? And maybe if you have some 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 um, safety nets built up, you don't have to jump back into the worst workforce. You can take some time to really discover what you want to do and who you want to be. Maybe you're on a trajectory in your career that you realize you don't want to be on. You can explore options of school or trainings or apprenticeships. You're never too old to change what you're doing. You're never too old to change directions. So making preparation, if you can, for change can help create a blueprint as you move forward. The next step as you're going through change is to really practice self-love. I know I say it all the time. It's kind of the situation for everything. But notice if you're in a spiral of self-deprecating thoughts. Maybe it's three in the morning. Maybe it's five in the afternoon. Can you step in and stop that chain reaction? Can you notice when that's happening and say, okay, I'm not going to talk shit about myself anymore today. Maybe tomorrow, but today I'm done. I'm doing the best I can. I'm done putting myself down. And then when you feel that little serpent of, of, of meanness rise up again, you just smack it down. Stopping that chain reaction of self-deprecation is huge in helping you navigate change because you're not doubting yourself. You're not hating yourself. Make sure that you're eating foods that nourish you. 
That means foods that have nutritional value. I know it doesn't sound fun, but you'll feel better. Are you resting? Are you moving your body? Are you getting outside? Are you meeting with friends and family? It's hard to work through change when you're exhausted, angry, hungry, sore, or feel disconnected. It's almost impossible to work through change in a healthy way without those things happening. Next, talk about it. In the book, Happy Place, if the friends had just picked up the phone or even sent a text, so many problems could have been avoided. And that's the way we all are. It just takes a little bit of connection, a little bit of conversation. We often think the problem is ours to solve. We got ourselves into it. We're going to get ourselves out of it. And that means we're not allowed to ask for help. We're not allowed to talk about it. We have to suffer and struggle and and get through it ourselves. Well, here's something for you. That's wrong on so many levels. Stop believing in rules that don't exist except in your head. The problem is never yours to solve alone. Talking through a situation can help you dissect it in a different way than if you were just rolling it around in your mind. Find a good friend or a sibling or a therapist and listen to what they have to say. They might give you options that you never considered. They might make you feel less alone as you go through this change because, as I said, everybody is always changing, going through change. Don't make change in isolation. That's the final tip I have for you. When you're feeling alone, never make a big decision or sometimes even a small decision because isolation will change your perception and the problems often loom so much larger than they really are. So give yourself permission to adjust to change. Let's say that you've moved to a new home in a new state. Give yourself time to adjust there, to acclimate. Don't isolate in your home and hope that people will find you. That's not how life works usually. You need to put yourself out a little bit and maybe make it as easy as possible. Take baby steps into this new life change. Go find a new coffee shop and hang out there just reading books for a while. Visit the local library, again, with a book theme, because that's what I do. I, I read. You can see what local classes are available, if there's any local groups you'd like to join. Maybe there's a book club, keeping with the book theory. If you, if you have a new job, you can read up on your company, you know, learn their history, learn the stories of the founders, learn people's names, learn people's birthdays, find ways to create pockets of joy during your day, maybe by listening to your favorite music or your favorite podcast. If it happens to be mine, that's great. Bring in flowers for your desk or your favorite stuffed animal or your dog, if that's allowed. If you're in a new relationship, don't try to fit it in the same box as every other relationship that you've had, because obviously they've all failed. Maybe you have found somebody that you'd love, but he loves square dancing and you have sixth grade trauma from square dancing. Maybe give it a shot anyway. Maybe you'll find it's so much fun to do something new. Try new foods, find new adventures. Change gives us the opportunity to practice beginner's mind, which is something I'm going to talk about soon. How to develop beginner's mind, how to use beginner's mind, how to let it create so much fun in your life. And your last challenge here is to bring in change deliberately on a regular basis. Go out there and change things up. Drive home using a different road, 
rearrange your furniture, buy new art for the bathroom, take a mini vacation with your dog, even if she hates it, because you'll learn something in the process. I learned my dog likes routine. She likes to sleep in her own bed. She likes to pee in her own backyard. Maybe she just needs to go on more mini trips. And maybe she doesn't. It's all a process. We're all navigating change. So whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, just know that you are not alone. Talk to the people around you. They love you. They want you to be healthy and happy. I love you. I want you to be well. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook.